in the middle of a series called Why Gather? And uh, today kind of serves as a, a unique end of that series and kind of a hinge uh, as we look forward into uh, the next year. And so uh, what we want to kind of build as a tradition for us as a church is that uh, the Sunday of Labor Day weekend, uh, rather than uh, kind of doing our normal uh, rhythm and flow of just doing a 30-minute teaching and all of that, we actually... Uh, last year and this year and hopefully in future years are devoting this Sunday to prayer. Um, and so if you uh, were with us the last few weeks, you know that that kind of fits in at the end of our gathering, our, of our series called Why Gather? And this is the sixth week. So the first week we talked of the series, we talked about the fully functioning body of Christ and what it looks like to be a community uh, full of people with complementary gifts, all exercising those gifts uh, together. And then in week two, we talked about communion. In week three, we talked about the presence and power of the Holy Spirit. Uh, in week four, we talked about the scriptures. What are the scriptures? Why do we study them uh, week in and uh, week out? Last week, we talked about musical worship. And this week, we're ending with a quick note on prayer. And so um, every Sunday... As we gather together, you'll notice that prayer is a part of it. I just finished praying 30 seconds ago, but really um, prayer on a Sunday formally begins for us at 9.20 in the morning, which is when a group of us and kind of some of the leaders and, and people who are serving here all gather together at 9.20 a.m. Any of you guys are welcome to show up early and be a part of that, but that's when, when our kind of formal prayer starts, and we pray, pray for the gathering and pray for our time and pray for the offering, and we pray over communion, and, and that prayer then begins to just kind of weave itself through uh, the gathering, and we make a habit of praying over different sections of our time together on a Sunday. We like to pray for one another. Most Sundays we have a prayer team available for anyone who wants prayer for any reason at all. And, 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 so, and then there's rare Sundays like this Sunday in which the majority of what we do is to pray. And so the question becomes, why? why do we pray and, and what do we expect as a result of that prayer? And so to some of you, the answers to those questions will seem painfully obvious. Of course I know why we do that. But before we just jump in and start praying together in the spirit of the series that we're ending today, I want us to pause for a moment and consider what it is that we're doing. Because if we're honest... A few minutes ago when I mentioned that we would be praying, uh, some of us in the room cringed at the thoughts. Some of us are terrified to pray out loud. Others of us find prayer boring or tedious or even uh, pointless. Still others among us simply prefer action to prayer and we find it frustrating to be endlessly talking to God when really we can just get about the business of accomplishing things in the world. So why talk when we can act? And, and, and what about unanswered prayers? Haven't we, haven't we had enough of those to recognize that we're just wasting our breath? I mean, isn't God going to do what God wants to do? And do we really need to talk him into doing good things? And why do our words matter at all? 
Those are the questions that many of us wrestle with. And um, in the next five minutes, I will barely scratch the surface in answering them. But here is my best attempt. If you have a Bible, um, go ahead and turn with me in your Bibles uh, to the very first page. Genesis 1, uh, verse 1, the first verse in the Bible says this. Genesis 1, verse 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now, the earth was formless and empty, or some of your translations say void. It was dark and chaotic. It was meaningless. And darkness was over the surface of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. It was poised to do something new. But watch what happens next. Verse 3 says, Then God, what? Said, Let there be light, and there was light. As the basis of the creative process, God speaks. It's actually the words of God that create new worlds and bring life into the darkness that form beauty and order out of disordered chaos. And if you glance down the page at the start of each block of text, you will immediately see how this creative process continues. Verse 6, and God said, and then in verse 9, and then in verse 14, and then in verse 20, and then in verse 24, and then in verse 26, and God said. One of the first things that we learn about God when we open the scriptures is that God creates and shapes new worlds and that God's words have power. And then God creates human beings. And the first thing that he does after he creates them is that he speaks over them. He blesses them with his words. And those words have power. And it's actually in that very moment of blessing um, that we see that human beings are created in his image, the scriptures say, or in his likeness. And so if you'd never read the scriptures before, you might venture a guess right off the bat, that perhaps these new creatures sharing in the likeness of God might have speech which is powerful. Perhaps they too will have words that will shape new worlds and have on a much smaller scale the power to affect reality. The tongue, Proverbs says, has the power of life and death. And as the story unfolds, we see this to be true. Right from the beginning, it's clear by God's words that we are to rule and reign over the earth as God's representative partners. That was our purpose, our function in the world. And, and as we search the scriptures, we begin to discover what an ideal partnership looks like. And we see that an ideal partnership with God is actually rooted in prayer. It actually starts and ends with our words to God. 
And so throughout the Old Testament, you have men and women uh, praying to God and God responding in real time and doing new things that he would not have otherwise done if they hadn't have prayed those prayers. And so in real time, we see God shaping the world that they live in in response to their simple words to him. And that story, you know, is a completely imperfect one and it's a struggle, but all throughout that imperfect struggle, we see the responsiveness of God to those who turn to him. And then finally, a man comes on the scene who's going to change everything. And and the first glimpse that we get of him at the start of his ministry is when he's baptized, and the Spirit of God comes and hovers over the waters poised there ready to do something new and then in that moment God speaks words of blessing and power and identity over him and what follows from that moment forward is several years of ministry which are high impact um, action filled years And yet, when when we look closer and we examine the life of Jesus closely, we find the secret to his effectiveness, to all of that action and all of that change, actually appears to be prayer. Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. It was actually out of this foundation, out of this habit and practice, that Jesus had intimacy with the Father and then moved in power. Before action, there was stillness. Before giving, there was receiving. Before he changed the world, there were words spoken in simple humility before the Father. Words that created new worlds. Next Sunday uh, officially marks the, the one year for us as a church. And it's kind of the start of, it'll be the start of the vision series. And kind of the first Sunday, in my mind, it's the first Sunday of the year in our kind of church calendar. Actually kind of revolves more around uh, the school year. But before we launch into the vision series, before we launch into action, we pause. In all that has happened, in all that God is calling us to, in in all the ways that we long to see God move uh, in, in our city, we start with prayer. We start with simple words spoken in humility, which share our God given dreams with God Himself and invite God to partner with us in doing what God already longs to do. And we believe that these simple words change reality. So whether you feel uh, shy or confident, um, in your zone or completely uncomfortable, eloquent in your speech or totally at a loss for words, we invite you to share your words with God this morning. Recognizing that the Spirit of God is actually in this place, poised and hovering, ready to bring about new worlds. 
And, and so we come to God with words that often feel, in my opinion, pitifully insignificant. And yet we recognize that those words spoken before God have power. That as we speak them, we partner with God in bringing life into dark places. Order and beauty begin to arise out of disordered chaos. New futures are born out of our willingness to simply pause and speak words before God and one another. So this morning, as a community, we come asking. And we've structured our time this morning in three separate rounds of prayer, covering three different aspects of kind of our church life and future. And what we want to do is kind of start at the macro level this morning and work our way down to the micro level. So before we pray anything for our church specifically, or even for one another, we want to start by recognizing that our church is one small part in a much greater whole. We are one cell in the body, which is the body of Christ or, or the bride of Christ, which we call the global church. And we don't really have time to talk about it on most Sundays, but we are more connected to the global church than most of us realize. And I mean that in kind of like a, a metaphysical way and in a literal way. Uh, we're actually highly connected. In the short time that we've existed, we've actually been able to build amazing partnerships uh, with churches in places like England, Uganda, South Africa, the Philippines, and beyond. We've already sent people to some of those places, and we're going to send people increasingly to those places. But where I want to start in focusing our time this morning uh, actually isn't in our place in the global church or our connections with the global church, as beautiful as that is. What I want us to do is immediately focus in on the city of Spokane. Because this is where um, the majority of our action takes place. This is the primary place where God calls us to as a church. He says, hey, keep an eye on the nations. Of course, send people to the nations. Recognize your place in the nations, but you act locally. And, and if we can't figure out how to act effectively and locally here, honestly, we don't have a lot to give to the nations. And so we start this morning by focusing our prayer on Spokane, recognizing on the one hand that this place is as desperate for Jesus as any other place on the planet. And in the same breath, recognizing that we are not alone in that call, but in fact, there are dozens of other communities of Jesus followers who are doing amazing work. And we are one small piece in the story that God is writing in this place. And therefore, our thoughts and our actions and our dreams all have to be set in the context of, of the reality that we are not doing this alone. But, but we are part of a larger body, the capital C Church of Spokane. And so uh, we want to start this morning by praying for other local churches in Spokane. And we have a, a few representatives with us that I'll just invite to the front right now. So Mabel and Daniel, if you guys just want to come up here so people can um, put a name to a face. Uh, we are, we, we love all the churches in Spokane. We seek unity with all the churches in Spokane. But we also recognize that we're kind of uniquely relationally connected with a couple churches um, that are here in West Central and doing amazing work. Um, and so I'll, I'll start with you, Daniel, um, longtime friend of mine, doing amazing work with Emmanuel, which is a church that's not even that far from here. 
like five to ten blocks um, over. And so um, he's here representing Emmanuel this morning. And um, on my left here is, many of you guys know Mabel. By show of hands, how many of you guys know Mabel already? Some of you who have been around. Okay, so uh, Mabel Dunbar and her uh, husband are brilliant. They're both doctors, and I love to brag about that. Um, but they, um, they co-lead the church that's this church that we're in right now, the West Central multi, uh, Multicultural Church. And so um, really, in a sense, we're able to gather here and kind of exist as a church because of you guys and your love and generosity and hospitality and all of that. So we're so grateful for you guys, uh, and you also kind of have a unique calling within West Central and Spokane. Well, we love you guys and the churches that are represented here. Um, as we break up and pray for local churches— well, you guys, I encourage you guys to jump into a group so we can actually have people like lay hands on you and pray specifically for those things. Uh, but as we take time, a few minutes, just five to ten minutes to pray for local churches, I want, I want us to be open to any church that God would lay on our heart. Our, our dream, our desire is to see the church of Jesus thriving in Spokane. And, and when individual churches thrive, the city begins to thrive and, and Jesus actually increasingly becomes king in this place. And so um, we want to pray for any local church that comes to mind. If, if you're like brand new or you're honestly terrified to pray out loud, um, you don't have to, okay? That was me. I was like super introverted, terrified to pray out loud. You can feel free to just jump in a group and just listen and just kind of participate and, 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 and be present in what God's doing. Um, but let's go ahead and break up into groups of no more than four to five, and I'll have you guys jump in a group, and we'll just take the next five or ten minutes. It's going to go quick, but five to ten minutes to pray for the local churches in Spokane and West Central in particular and what God's doing through them, and then we'll come back in a few minutes. Let's pray.